give me a test. Uh, say one more thing. Sorry, I was blowing my nose. <laughs> that works. I'll turn you up a little bit. Uh, we should be good. Is that better? Uh, yeah, you know, you sound great. Uh, I can turn you down oh. even a little bit now. You were hitting the I yellow. Am... Gotta stay in the green, Charles. Great. The green's where you want to be. I want you to know I am great. You you are great. I need you to say. <laughs> I are great. <laughs> do you ever do those affirmations? Or does, does your therapist ever recommend affirmations? No, because I already know that I'm the shit. <laughs> I don't suffer from low self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, know how to react to this. About, every, I, like, every time I feel bad about myself, it's because I probably should. Like, I have done it to myself, and I know that. It's not that I think I'm incapable or, you know, like, imposter syndrome isn't really a thing that I deal with either. Like, I know, like, that I can do this. It's just mostly, like, an effort. I Man, you are you are it's so relatable. It hurts me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just... I, I often, uh, often people will come at me with like, uh, trying to defend me. They're like, why are you always so self-deprecating? I'm like, well, it makes people feel better. Cause I know how awesome I am and it's intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> I just like, no point in beating around the bush. I'm the shit. Like. Exactly. But part of like, also when, when you know, you're not the shit about something, you're just honest about it. And people aren't used to that. Cause so many people are faking it until they make it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm real bad at this thing. I don't want to do that. No, I'm not. I don't want to be good at that thing. I think people who are good at that thing fucking blow. So how about that? Uh, And I think the difference between us is when you got into video games and when I got into video games. I started playing Frogger at like five. So, like, I'll beat my head against the wall until I'm good at something. And with you, you're like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you started playing Ocarina when you were 10. And you're like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done doing well, this listen, part. Well, listen. So, I had my... So, I got my 64. I was 7. Mm-hmm. And, but I had a Game Boy before that. Okay. Okay. So, so you were you Robert. were gaming early, too. So, then why... Yeah. What is this? How come you're, like, so... Painful? You're like, no, no, no. I don't want to be good at this thing. I just don't. Like, Did you I have, have more games going. than me? Is that what this is? Maybe life I isn't related be... to your video game playing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly like if I, I was like, well, if I can't beat this, like there are other things that I could be doing. Oh, what was, was that like? You were poor like me. You didn't have other things. I had books, though. So oh, was... yeah. And I had Harry Potter had already ruined that for me. Well, and like when we were when I was living downstate, still, we had TV. Like I could. Oh, OK. Watch. So that was so, the difference. You had cable. Yeah. Yeah, for oh. uh, yeah, for years. No, oh, I get I it. Okay, I didn't know you were a rich kid growing up. All right, that's yeah. my bad. You better than me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, on that diatribe, hello and welcome to Right in the Fields, the only podcast that takes your nostalgia and weaponizes it for our own personal enjoyment. Uh, I am your faithful host, Terry Smith, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Chelsea. What's up? <laughs> You you came at me with the 2001 energy. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, like, maybe I should do a different greeting every time. <laughs> Normally, I'm just really lackluster, and it's, like, kind of awkward. And I was like, oh, maybe I should just really lean into it. I, I've into figured out that I have to channel, like, a 2000s radio host. Otherwise, I can't do this this early in the morning. Such as 107.7 The Bay? Oh, I love 107.7 The Bay. Shout out to growing up in northern Michigan where we had one radio station. <laughs> 
Listen, 99.9 The Wave was my jam. No, here's the here's the secret. 99.3, 99.9, and 107.7 The Bay. These are all, so people who don't give a fuck, they are respective channels on your tuner back when you needed to do that to listen to music and your tape tech car. Because we didn't have tape decks, but we couldn't afford a CD player. So you had to tune into the different radio stations. And these were different ones. 107.7 The Bay was 80s, 90s, and now. It was the hits of today and yesterday and tomorrow. It didn't make a lot of sense, but it was pop. And then you had 99.3, which was Country Station, and then 99.9, which was the oldies. There was a couple of uh, classic rock stations, but there were plenty of them but those three specifically are all just the same station like they're they're operating the same building same <laughs> like same signal like, like it's the same tower they just was like you switch the channel there and it blew my fucking mind <laughs> i mean you didn't know that like sometimes the host would have to cover for the other host no i didn't know it until i was like nine and i went in to uh our our pal dave i went into work with his father bob edwards country hall of fame one of the greatest uh hosts ever rest in peace i went in with him and i was like that doesn't say that doesn't say 99.3 he's like no that's the wave that's 107s of the bay right there i'm like what is happening right now Blew your, blew your mind. Especially because, like, I was radio obsessed. I was calling in. I needed to hear I Love Rocky. Uh, Rock, I Love Rocky Road. <laughs> I Love Rock and Roll, like, at least four times a day. And they hated hearing from me. But they, they played it. I um, also love Rocky Road, is what I have to say. <laughs> Listen, Weird Al's I Love Rocky Road is a, is a jam. The, the ice cream's the fine. Ice cream. I meant the ice cream, not the Weird Al cover. <laughs> well, you know. To each their own. But, to, their own. <laughs> but today we're not talking about Weird Al, although I do want to cover some stuff because we have some new segments. Um, today we're talking about trading card games. And if you don't give a fuck about trading card games, number one, you're wrong. You're wrong. Go sit down. Number two, they are fucking everywhere and they're older than you think. Uh, oh, <laughs> I yeah, just got, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting a, I'm getting a wire on the news. Breaking news: We need to revisit Frankie Muniz today. So we also yes. have a, a checking in with Frankie Muniz, and we also have some Weird Al news too. So we'll get to that in a minute. But first, trading card games, Chelsea. What are your touchstones yeah. for trading card games? So picture this. <laughs> I'm gonna set the scene. Everyone, brace yourselves. I'm, I'm a new braced. student. I'm a child. Fifth grade, some would say. I'm getting I'm some Elise Myers uh, energy here, and I appreciate it. I love Elise Myers so much, first of all. <laughs> she is iconic. But anyway, I'm setting the scene. I'm on the bus. Fifth grade. New kid. Going to school for the first time, and there are some kids on the bus in trench coats. We're in the fifth grade. Who sells a fifth grade size trench coat? They're not. They're adult sized on fifth grade bodies. That's what you need to know about the trench coat. How many children were stacked inside of the trench coat? Just one. A mixed, just missed opportunity one right there. Like, with the pleather. It was so <laughs> incredibly weird. Anyway. I'm really hoping I'm not one of these children, because I didn't ride your bus, but I definitely wore a trench coat in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. It's not you. Little oh. guy, full of trench coat wearing fifth grade. Thank God. All right. So, I'm, I'm sitting <laughs> on the bus, and these kids are playing uh, some sort of, they're, like, all bent over, like, it's fucking, you know some sort of illegal substance it's Yu-Gi-Oh cards of course it's Yu-Gi-Oh like, cards do you want to play and i was like what the fuck <laughs> see the trench coach no, kids they're inclusive they're inclusive okay Yu-Gi-Oh players they like, they're down to teach you <laughs> yeah 
yeah, do you want a duel? And I was like, what does that mean? They approach you, they knock on your door with their little Mormon pamphlet, and they're like, would you like to hear about the heart of the cards? <laughs> I already have it. So. <laughs> um, but probably, so that's the first, like, visceral reaction. But when I was, before I had moved, when I was still in elementary school, the Pokemon card craze had... Was, Obviously. Was Obviously yeah. Pokemon cards. But it was less abrasive. Like, I was, like, adjacent <laughs> to it, right? Like, I had a few like it was like a, a birthday present that everyone got right because no like oh kids your age that's what they're into here's some cards and then it got banned from our elementary school obviously rip you know so much like the midwest if we could if, if there was a parent that could convince you it was satanic they'd do it like uh it doesn't matter what it was if, if it caused strife or not they just didn't have a lot to do at the time we're talking a lot of karens before we knew what karens were a lot of housewives a lot of people they were just just bored you know when you only get to hang out with your social circle circle on sundays at 11 a.m for coffee hour you just you don't got a lot to do for the rest of the week so let's ban some shit you know let's burn some books I, so I don't think it was a satanic thing. I mean, when I was downstate, it was not a satanic thing. It was mostly, it was really disruptive. And people were in, like, <laughs> kids, it was, like, currency. And so I, okay, I was going like, to get to that point where, like, I was, like, I was shitting on this lady, but it actually was causing some serious issues. Oh, yeah. Like, and, it, and it wasn't, like, because they were, like, oh, it's anime and it's fucking bad. It was, like. There was that, too, but that was mostly for the show. Yeah, yeah, it was mostly, it was just, like, it was really disruptive, and the teachers couldn't figure out, like, because it caught on so quickly. It, it was, was, like, like crack. Yeah, and I was. know that's a really common thing. Funny. You hear people say, oh, it was like crack, but it was a problem because it was a crossover hit. Everybody wanted it, and with little kids it, who don't have attention spans, if you have a thing that catches them, and they just have it on them at school, you're not learning anything, so it was pure, pure chaos. Well, and the whole thing is, right, like, they weren't expensive to buy a pack. It wasn't, like, break the bank. Like, you had allowance money or your parents didn't it care. Was like it was, like, $2. Yeah. So Even you if you're poor as fuck it. like us, you could get a Pokemon card. Exactly. So you could have, you know, enough cards. And did we know how to play the game? Absolutely not. <laughs> of course not. No, Even though if you bought that starter set like I did, it came with the tape, taught you how to do it. It was too complicated. And my dad... Uh, my dad was not learning to play Pokemon with me, which, short sight, that's his fault. I learned how to play all sorts of stupid shit games. I know how to play Bakugan, uh, with my kids, but that was a different time, different generation. Uh, my, my dad was not as cool as I am, and no one was teaching me how to fucking play Pokemon cards. No, and nobody at school, because, I mean, I didn't hang out with the older kids when I went to a big school, because there was enough students my own age. So <laughs> no one there knew, unless they had an older sibling. I was the older sibling. I didn't know. They hoarded that knowledge. And then <laughs> them and like some of their friends would be playing and they'd be like look you fucking loser babies you don't know how to play and i was like just show us so what i'm getting is it was about two i just looked up reddit and it was like two bucks but it was euros so what's the what was the exchange rate in 1999 for euros to american dollars what the, you're supposed to be my smart friend i need to go back i need to go back to the trolls they know how to research this shit sorry you i was talking over you what were you saying let me just look it up i'm trying to look it up uh, but so it's funny that we were saying everyone right. could afford it. I was one of those poor kids who couldn't afford the cards or at least that's what I was told. So my first Pokemon card was a Diglett that I was gifted and man, did I love that Diglett and that art, even though I knew nothing about Pokemon, hadn't seen the show. I was like, this is rad. 
was my thought. And man, was it not. I, I still, I, I love trading card games. I open up packs daily. I was probably addicted to Magic the Gathering for a good, you know, five, six years. I don't give a fuck about Pokemon cards. Um, I would like you to know that the exchange rate is almost one to one in 1999. Oh shit! Really? So they were it's, they were kind of pricey by comparison. Two fifty. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, one point oh one December first. One point oh one. One point oh one. One point oh. One point oh. Different yeah, time so pre Y two K. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For for the card yeah, game November, industry. November it's one point oh five. So you know, something about December. So. Even though a lot of us didn't know how to play the card game, it it took by storm. I remember when they were banned. I remember some snitches on the bus telling the bus driver that I took my Pokemon cards to school. And they told my mom. And my mom was like, I don't give a fuck. And I was like, you told me not to. She was like, because I didn't want you to get in trouble. But, like, I don't care. And that snitch being really disappointed that I didn't get in trouble. And I was like, you have a bad home life, I think. Um, Which they did. Yeah, it's like I just want, I wanted that Meryl, and I love Meryl. Um, one of my favorite Pokemon cards, uh, even though I don't like that game. For those who don't know, it's a little blue mouse. Uh, it's like chunky, and it's got a, a round tail, and it shoots water, and it's it's beautiful. And I just got sent a picture of a Zubat <laughs> for some reason. It was blue and small, and I thought that's where it was going, and then it wasn't. No, no, the, the bat's weird. It's got too big of a mouth. Meryl, Meryl's a little chunky mouse, a little chunky blue mouse. Um. Anyways, uh, I was right there for the craze. I got gifted that diglet, and I was like, oh, this feels good. Um. And then, man, when you can trade, and especially if you can do a come up, if you can trade, yeah, exactly, that's Meryl. If you can trade that diglet for something that's better than said diglet, man, does that feel good. And oh, yeah. teaching uh, negotiation skills at a young age. Those are essential. I'm taking a whole fucking law class about it right now. <laughs> 100%. And man, did I fucking love it. And I, I slowly built up that collection. I did get cheated a few times. There was a few setbacks. I had some older kids cheat me out of a holographic Vaporeon by telling me a card was better than it. It wasn't. Um, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I rebounded, got back. Uh, um, fuck you, Devin, by the way, just uh, real quick. Um, but I was able to get back from that and I got really deep into the collection. And then I realized I don't care enough about this. Um, didn't like the anime. I liked the game, but I didn't have the game until way later on. So I, I dipped out. Um, then Digimon came out and I was like, oh, this is going to be the shit. Everyone's going to love Digimon. I was wrong. Uh, the cool people like Digimon, me, you, yeah, we got this, but no one else gave a shit and that card game was bad and the cards were dumb and nobody liked them. So that was money down the drain. And then I missed all the other trends. I didn't jump back onto Pokemon. There's a lot of games in between that did not catch on by any means. Um, but by the time Yu-Gi-Oh came around, I was ready. I was ready to jump back in. There was a few things in between there and you had some Beyblades and stuff like that. But nothing hits like opening up a pack of cards. And when Yu-Gi-Oh! came back around, I was fucking ready. I watched the show, even though it has none of the same rules. <laughs> there are, in fact, no rules in Yu-Gi-Oh! If you watch that show, people are getting stabbed left and right with darkness weapons. There's Egyptian gods that are banishing people to hell. I don't know what's happening there. That's not how you play the card game. 
but I learned and nobody else did. So I was the only one that knew how to play <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! And it was useless for a few years. But Yu-Gi-Oh! didn't dip out. Yu-Gi-Oh! stuck around. The, you know, new seasons came out. People kept trying. The starter decks were affordable. They were $10. It eventually caught on. People knew how to play. And I fucking played Yu-Gi-Oh! to my heart's content until I, I remembered. You know, if you remember the earlier part of the story. I was poor. Uh, and when, <laughs> when you can't buy more than the starter deck, you just start losing real bad. Uh, so that I eventually jumped back in, started buying packs with my own money. Like I was just mostly selling shit. I wasn't a big worker at the time. So I was usually selling stuff. Who's to say if it was stolen or not? Um, but I eventually fell out of favor with the Yu-Gi-Oh card group. They're cutthroat, you know, uh, that spiky hair. They're going to use it. It was Uh, a lifestyle. It definitely was a lifestyle. Those trench coats didn't come cheap either. You know, um, dad's hand-me-downs almost a hundred (laughs) percent. <laughs> they were farmer trench coats. They were war trench coats. Adult size. We joke, but there were a lot of World War One trench coats that floated around our town for a long time. Um, I don't know why. I have no I, idea. I, I don't know. It's we. I mean, obviously, poor community. A lot of um, a lot of veterans, um, and just yeah, a lot of hand me downs. Yeah. No. Yeah, and they were. That's the thing. Good leather. Uh, <laughs> weird diatribe. <laughs> weird flex but okay yeah we had good leather from our world war one trench coats on the fifth graders but anyways you get it Yu-Gi-Oh stuck around for a little while I was into it I was the king of Yu-Gi-Oh until I wasn't because I couldn't afford to buy it and then we dipped girls started talking to us around around that time they were mostly insults but they were conversing with us which was a big deal um I had frosted tips we don't need to get into that I don't know why uh wore a lot of silk I a lot of silk Okay, listen. Do you remember the button-up shirts with the dragon? Oh, do I ever, man. I had a silk dragon t-shirt with a (laughs) silk flamed over top of it button-up. Oh, Man, yeah, was I fly. Uh, with the frosted tips. I just With just the frosted remember. tips in a in a beanie on top of that, of course. West Coast choppers, like everything was, needed to be. <laughs> Never rode a motorcycle in my life. In fact, don't like choppers either. Uh, but you didn't have a lot of Kawasaki Ninja, um, uh, you know, beanies at the time. So I had my West Coast choppers uh, beanie, <laughs> the frosted tips, talking to girls, even though I was a little bit too chubby because I didn't realize you got to exercise sometime. You got to, you just got to run. Uh, you can't eat hot dogs for every meal of the day. Uh, it's fine. Joined baseball. It all worked out. Uh, anyways, then skip forward, dipped out of Yu-Gi-Oh for a long time, got to high school and me and my friends were bored. We're watching ghost hunters for some reason. Or, uh, not Ghost Hunters, Ghost Investigators. What was the one that really jumped on the craze on sci-fi? Ghost Adventures? No, no. Or maybe it was just Ghost Hunters. Ghost Adventures is the one where they're like, I'm a demonic guy. I'm going to get rid of this demon spirit. Uh, they're all dumb. They're all the same. They're yeah, all the same. they're all the same. It doesn't matter. But I was watching that and I was like, guys, this is fucking boring. Let's go play Yu-Gi-Oh! again. And now we have disposable income. <laughs> so we went and we spent we probably bought 500 bucks worth of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and it was fun for a night but here's the thing about Yu-Gi-Oh cards they have really high numbers for (laughs) some reason it's a Japanese game they're yen you you measure it in thousands it makes a lot of sense to them but to us we're dumb Americans this is too hard most of us are failing math right now uh we can't do this (laughs) what about that magic the gathering that all of our older cousins had like nah 
nah, that can't be good. Let's try it anyways. So, uh, from one of those people that hand me down, uh, those trench coats to us, uh, it was an older uncle. They tossed us some magic cards and oh my God, was that game fucking perfect. It was immaculate. It was everything I wanted it to be. Small numbers. You can still buy packs. Everything is fun. I love this. Also, the artwork, a little bit different than a lot of the Japanese anime stuff. There's a lot of painted, really, really intricate work. Not that the not that the anime style and manga style of the other card games were, were ugly. It was just, it was done. We had seen it. The magic was everything that we hadn't seen before, including being a very, very good game. Um, so then I would say the addiction started immediately. I dropped a hundred dollars at the store, bought everything we could and never stopped until I went to college and found out that the money train stopped rolling in when you had to spend it on like, you know, room and board and things like that in the city. I'd never done that before. I paid for all that stuff in high school, but it's really different when you're in a, you know, metropolitan area. Uh, people who live in New York, I don't know how you do it. It's fucking impossible. Yeah, when your um, janitor is not your landlord, it is... It's fucking... How do you pay rent, then? I don't get it. If you can't trade pasties for rent, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I just... You know, if we went back to the barter system that we had up there, maybe the world would be better. It would be a better place, I think. If I could trade bluegill for for chocolate bars again, I think I would be a much happier person. You know, it's just... It would at least be different. (laughs) Everyone thinks I'm saying ridiculous things. These are all true. Um, but anyways, I would play Magic the Gathering twice a week, semi-professionally. <laughs> uh, I'd spend $50 on wings, uh, you know, chicken wings from Wing Street, Pizza Hut. And the rest would just go to Magic the Gathering. I'd pay the light bill, pay my half of the rent, and then back to Magic the Gathering. Played Wednesday night, Friday night Magic standard type two as they call it which is like you only play with the newest cards uh so you got to stay up to date you'd win you would take the star credit buy more magic cards with it you'd trade at one point i was so deep in it i needed four these of these cards called jace the mind sculptor is one of the most powerful cards the game had ever seen they were worth uh at certain points of the game 200 bucks a piece and i had an 800 dollar van play set of four I did the math there. That's pretty simple. Found a guy who needed a car for his father. And I was like, listen, if I can get a ride to Magic the Gathering every Wednesday and Friday, I'll trade you this van for four Jace the Mind Sculptors. It fell through. Couldn't get the consistent ride. So I kept the van, which was important to me since I lived in it off and on. Uh, So chose not to be homeless. Kept the van. Didn't get those cards. But I lost a few tournaments because of it. And, you know, there was some sadness. There was some regret. Uh, that you hadn't sold the van that I hadn't sold the van for it um and then that is when I explained this non-ironically to some people they said hey maybe you should take a step back (laughs) (laughs) maybe you're too into it and then the second point was when my roommates came home we were probably 16 17 and every single room of our house had different piles of magic the gathering cards because I was building decks I was trying out I was I was you know I was testing as they say and uh, they basically had an intervention for me and was like, hey, we need these other rooms for things. Um, you told a girl not to come over because Magic the Gathering. And that was not a thing that I would do prior. Uh, so, yeah, you slowed down a little bit. And then the rent issue when I got to college. But it's safe to say 
that trading card games <laughs> were a big deal to me. <laughs> I think they were a cornerstone for a long time. For sure, for sure. Uh, got out of them heavily when I met my wife because you know shared income. And I don't want to do that to her, uh, kind of thing. And then when Digimon cards came out recently, awesome game. Uh, I convinced her you our friend dave and our friend john to play digimon cards with us and we have not gone as hog wild a little bit a little bit uh of our disposable income into it but you know try to try to gauge it maybe only buy one box of cards instead of seven um a case um, as they used to call it kyle would disagree he thinks that i um went so extreme and the only reason i've stopped is because i'm waiting for the next the next set it hasn't come out yet and we have everything we need when the next set comes out we'll go hog wild for a little bit you take a break and the next set yeah. comes out um but yeah <laughs> it's easy to do opening packs of cards is just gambling it's gambling and it's fun except for you get to keep something at the end of the day it's better than gambling you scratch that scratch off you get nothing you got a piece of tinfoil you got throughout you open up that pack, even if it's a bad pack, the art is pretty, and you get to put those in a box. Are we going to discuss trading card games in media? I'm thinking Card Captor Sakura. I'm oh yeah, let's jump into it now. We hit our touchstones. Let's jump into the media impact of card games because we can talk Pokemon, right? But Pokemon, the card game, was a translation of it, right? It was. Uh, uh, almost um, an attempt to create an analog in a different sphere because you had the Pokemon games and then it's like, how do we market this more? Let's make a card game of it. goes to Wizards of the Coast. They make a card game version. But then you had things like Yu-Gi-Oh! where they played the game in the show. And then you had things like Cardcaptor Sakura, which was like, hey, I mean, obviously it's a different type of manga. It's kind of a magical girl. It's kind of a collect-a-thon. But what if the cards were part of it? And that was definitely a big deal. It was cool. It fit the aesthetic. However, did not have the merch to back it up. No, I mean, it was beautifully done. I think that it um, was... Uh... It was a very fun time. It was, what, like 96 to 2000 or something? Right around there. Right around there. Yeah. and so, But then you could watch watched reruns um, you know four kids enter entertainment hit tsunami yeah. a little bit too tsunami, yeah exactly like it was it was on a couple different it wasn't as so it wasn't the the dragon ball z a sailor moon block in my life but it it was like i would find it and watch it somehow i would i would find it you know like you the interesting like go ahead keep going I just you wake up one day and you're like, how am I going to see it? And then you just flip through every channel a million times until you find it. Exactly. And the interesting part of of like the translation was a lot of that didn't hit until the second wave of anime in the U.S., which came out in the 2000s after us. Really. Exactly. It wasn't until the second wave. The second wave of that 90s, 2000s era. Because really the anime that we watched was the second wave. It is when it was adaptations for kids instead of just random adult anime that they would show to children sometimes because we didn't yeah. understand, like we're talking speed racer yu yu Hakusho, shit like that dragon ball z obviously um but dragon ball z stood the test of time hit both of those um but that next wave of it where everything was both a game a merch line and an anime like we're talking about chaos we're talking about duel masters um and a million others which never caught on because they really just were cannibalizing each other 
Yeah, because they're just you couldn't have a strong enough fan. It, you couldn't recreate the success of Pokemon, and that's what everyone wanted to do. Right. And honestly, we'll, we'll do our own. We'll do a whole Pokemon. We'll definitely do its own Pokemon episode. Yeah. Or multiple because it's such an all-encompassing. We'll franchise. do one for the card game. We'll give it its own. We'll do one for the game. We'll do its own. We'll do one for the second generation of the game. We'll do one for the anime. Talk about Pokemon the movie too. Yeah, change my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mewtwo Strikes Back is also a big deal. Didn't like that one as much. Pikachu slapping another Pikachu. Too much for me. Uh, Pikachu almost dies, though. Excuse me. Uh, listen, you, you can't say once more with feeling if the Pikachu is dead. So. Oh, God. Anyway. Anyways. Um, so that would be so for people that came here and wanted to hear the most about Pokemon, just wait, please. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We're going to move on a little bit from Pokemon, but there will be more in the future. So we mentioned Pokemon, but that's not really where it started. Uh, did you want to hit more on the media side before we move on? No, I was just going to say um, seeing like card games come into video games too has been a big... Uh, I <sighs> love it. We talk about Gwent like uh, at least once a week, I would say. Um, I um, we, we should return to that towards the end, but I but now that they're good games too, because for a lot of they they pop up, but they weren't good. Right, but, it was like do the thing because you have to to get the whatever the trophy or the thing exactly. But so to. many of them now, I'm like, this is just as good, if not better, than the game I'm actually playing. Exactly, and now and you can play it like outside of the actual game like they have physical copies of it now and you know what i mean like it's it's transcended so to speak exactly and there's a there's a little child dream of mine that wanted a game so immersive that it hit all those things so it's like when you're playing the driving aspect it's as good as need for speed and when you're playing the shooting aspect it's as good as call of duty and you know it's so on and so forth and we're starting to get to that point where we're starting to get there with some games. Like, when you play that card game, it's just as good. And when you play the fighting aspect, it's just as good. And it's just blowing my mind sometimes. I get that old man nostalgic feeling of missing the other stuff, but also being so hyped <laughs> that it's come right. this far. It's more like the scientist um, old man than the old guy who's like, back in my day. <laughs> no, it's like the crazy... Uh, the crazy white hair, white lab coat. Yeah, it's way more Doc than anything. Yeah, yeah. good example, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so let's go to, the, like, the history of it. There was obviously some that came before, but a lot of trading cards were just trading cards. That game aspect wasn't there. You know, obviously, in the, on, in America, you had the tops, you had baseball cards, you're looking for the rookie, you're opening up, had your favorite baseball player, football cards, hockey cards, etc. Whichever region you were in usually dictated which cards you were looking for michigan hockey was a big thing baseball was a big thing but other parts of the country you know basketball cards are still huge uh it's just what you were looking for and what was popular at the time but when they added that game aspect you started to grab a different demographic not just people that weren't into sports but people that were into board games and it was sort of that first evolution of let's make games that are for adults even though we market it towards children it's still a fun game to play Mm -hmm. Um, because for a long time you'd have board games like, okay, it's perfection. It's monopoly. You can play it with the family, but it's for the kids. Right. Um, but when you started to get into the game aspect, you could pull in that nerd that really were impossible to market to because people didn't think that they mattered kind of, <laughs> um, and the big thing at, you know, that we're going to keep talking about is magic. The gathering in 1993, 
that came was partly a gambling deterrent and it was partly a marketing push and to capitalize on D and D crowd. How do we sell them something? And it fucking worked. And it took that, <laughs> uh, I would say uh, that, that demographic by storm and never stopped. Like it's, it's popularity has waxed and waned, but it has never gone away. It's never completely gone. We're like, Oh, maybe we're going under. No, no, no. People who buy magic, buy magic, buy the truckloads. And uh, even when we're like, oh, we don't like that set or that, oh, that card is stupid. We still bought it. And it was that obsession that sold. Everyone's a whale when it comes to magic. They really are. I know people that played it casually. And I'm like, oh, what's casually for you? You buy a pack here and there? Like, oh, I spent about two grand this year on it. Um, It's fun. have a good time some laughs like uh my buddy jordan um he's popped up on some of our content here and there um I, he's what i would call a casual player he, you know he plays t um uh, magic the gathering online uh or magic the gathering arena rather uh online's a different thing um you know here and there but when he plays magic he's like oh you know i spent 200 bucks i bought some new packs bought some new decks it's just so easy to, to do that with a collectible card game. And you feel like you're getting your money's worth. So not only do you get that gambling dopamine hit, but you also have something to show for it. And not many things can give you that. For me and the ADHD of it all, it encompasses so many different things because you have the game aspect. So you can be good at the game. You can get better at the game. And the game isn't just whose deck is better. There's also this poker aspect to it of reading your opponent and just playing better than them, even if you can't afford better cards. And then there's the collectathon and the gambling of it all. So I'm like trying to find this card and opening up packs and there's the dopamine hit there. And then there's just the sorting of it. You know, you get the the, the random burnout kit of, I'm just going to put these colors together in a binder. Like, i'm scrapbooking um and if you're into all of those things it is it's a drug for sure yeah i mean it's it's just like you said it's just sort of like i mean it's it's really it's more it's less like gambling it's gambling in the sense that you don't know what cards you're gonna get but it's really just more like immediate retail therapy and you always know that it's something that you're not gonna regret and you well, hopefully. It depends on how far you get into it. Eh? If you're trading cards for your vehicle. Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking we were still talking about the casual fan. <laughs> you leaving your transportation, potentially, if you had a ride to get to Magic, because one of us gave you a ride to high school. <laughs> There's a couple people that I don't talk to as much in my adult life. And I'm like, it's weird that we were we became friends, you know, like running the same social circles. It was like, oh, it was purely because they were like, I should help Terry get to school. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I was busy and I'd make a call. I'd be like, hey, go, go knock on Terry's door. Like when I think about uh, our, our mutual friend Carly, uh, and I was like, it's weird. Like we didn't really hang out. We didn't go to the same parties. We didn't have, like you were our crossover there. Um, but we never all hung out together. I was like, oh, why were we so close? To-? They're like, oh, she made sure that sometimes I'd like Chelsea would text her like, hey, can you give Terry a ride to school? I'm like, that's how we bonded. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> Had to be done. Being an emancipated minor comes with some really interesting stories. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you ever meet someone who's like, oh, yeah, no, I lived alone in high school. They're, they got some shit to tell you. Yeah, I mean, they had things going on. <laughs> Such a nice way to put it. Many things, many factors. 
but yeah, back to the, back to the card games. It, it crosses over so many things. So even as uh, casual, like you said, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get that rush. And I and I find that really interesting. No matter which sector you're into, you'll find something that you like. And the one thing that missed out for me for Magic the Gathering was the subject matter, like the IP of it all. I didn't really care a lot about the stories in between sets and the characters that I was drawing cards from. I got into them because I liked the gameplay so much and everything else but i didn't care about the ip of it all so when you get those crossover hits like pokemon people will buy cards that don't like the game because they like squirtle right i think that that's interesting too because you like D so much and that's sort of you know the whole vibe of magic the gathering let me tell you how hard it was not to get a second mortgage when they did the crossover recently of magic the gathering and D because uh i i saw it and they brought in some mechanics that they had been trying out. And Wizards of the Coast has owned both for a very long time, but they haven't done a yeah. ton of crossover that way. Um, and I was like, well, I could get my kids, you know, to the doctors, you know, dentist appointments, or or I could get back into Magic the Gathering. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Exactly. I had the joy, you know, the real, you know, raising kids, seeing them grow and become people. That's nice. The real joy is Magic the Gathering. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't do that. And partially, listen, it's because I love my children. But partially is because Digimon, the card game, came out. And I was like, well, I've already committed to this one. Yeah, I can only have one thing. And this is it. Exactly. (laughs) At the time, I was playing it in Japanese, too, because it hadn't been localized yet. But Yeah, I remember. We had the translator. You were trying to tell me what all the cards did. We were, like, trying to translate the cards. (laughs) I learned more Japanese than I had in my entire life as a weeb to play this card game. Oh, but anyways, um, yeah, th- there, there's aspects of it that just hit different when you like the IP of it all, and that's where Pokemon really takes off, and that's where some other games, even though the games were bad, still did okay, like Duel Masters, the game was okay, um, it, better than a lot of other ones, but people really liked the show, so they bought into the game, and then you had things like Chaos that uh, were on the same train, had all of the same stuff. Um, it was basically a Magic the Gathering clone when you look at the show, but people just didn't give a fuck about the characters, so they didn't buy the game, so the game eventually fell out of favor. Uh, and there's a million other clones in between, but I want to pivot a little bit from like those touchstones of what actually mattered and what people did buy to the ones they didn't. And in between 1993 and we'll say 2000, everybody was like, well, we just need to make a card game out of this, right? Yeah, because Pokemon, I mean, like... So, you had everything that ran the gamut. So, you had games that were sophisticated, like like Magic or Pokemon. Games that weren't sophisticated, where you're just matching. And then, the non-existent, there was no game. They're just, you know, baseball cards, but with Hercules on them. Um, And everything had one. And everything had a game. You, You had everything from, like, Star Trek to wrestling. Um, had their own games, some with variable amounts of success. The wrestling one did pretty well for a little while because a lot of nerds like wrestling. And that card game was very good, but it had none of the crossover. People who didn't like wrestling weren't playing the card game, even though I recommend they should have. That card game was very good, and I really don't give a fuck about wrestling. Um, and then you get things like Star Trek, where people who like Star Trek were not playing the Star Trek game. <laughs> they were like, "What the? I'm not buying cards. I own 13 communicators and Picard's outfit. I cannot yeah, afford exactly. to buy I... trading card games. I am too busy doing the cosplay of it. I cannot 
Or to have another thing. I got my I got my tutor to Ling Klingon. I can't also buy a card game. Uh, <laughs> people people forget how expensive it is to be a Star Trek fan. Uh, it's I mean because you have to be all in. You can't just casually. <laughs> and some of them had uh, you know varying degrees of success. Uh, Super fight for or was it Super fight? It might have just been called versus. I yeah, it was versus. That's what it was. Um, the power system also both of those were Marvel games and eventually crossed over to DC. Um, to some success, but not great. Spellfire. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> Fifty five uh, famous games. card games. I was looking at the same list, dude. <laughs> James Bond's 2007 trading card game. Uh, James Bond had a moment because they came with the marketing. Uh, b- people really wanted to make some of these work. Super Deck, um, James Bond. Uh, which one? Oh, Red Middle Zone. I forgot about the uh, the J.R.R. Tolkien before the movie stuff. Before the movie okay, stuff, right? they tried, and a few of those had some some degrees of success with nerds because if you remember, um, there were a few adaptations of of Tolkien's work before the movies, like the animated yeah. ones animated. in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, and those were actually good. I recommend them if you like Tolkien; those are really fun. And that was my first Thank experience you. with Lord of the Rings, actually, uh, before the movies. Uh, yeah, little me and man was Gollum fucking creepy in those. And he had this like dark voice. It was there was no like oh this is fun. It was like oh he's gonna eat me. This is terrifying. Um, Red Zone. I have a special place in my heart because I really wanted to like football because it was so big at my elementary school, and I just gave no fucks. The game itself was fun. I didn't like watching it. Was the thing. I'd rather play it. I loved playing it. I loved Madden. Um, and Red Zone. (laughs) <laughs> not good though <laughs> um uh, gridiron was another one that was a crossover there it was supposed to be like a fantasy crossover no one fucking played it xena warrior princess xena was fun and it had a hercules like tie in too and as well as yeah. young hercules but no yeah. one no one gave a fuck it but me legendary journeys <laughs> No. I'm like, it's an initial release date, July 1999, discontinued, unknown. unknown. No one, no one knows. They're still making it, possibly. There's still some people in a back alley. Oh, my God. Overpower was one that had a chance because it had the DC and the Marvel licenses. Uh, everybody played Overpower for a small amount of time, just like they played Versus. It was okay, just like Versus was okay. It was a little too complicated, and it was right around the same time as the comics um, boom and bubble burst of, like, selling gold-printed covers with holographic, and it's limited edition, but there was 20,000 printed, you know? Right, uh, yeah. and So not really limited edition. Uh, Death of Superman shit right around there. So because of the cannibalization and people already going broke trying to buy Spider-Man number ones, uh, it, it did not hit and it only lasted two years. Um, the star Wars card game came back recently, but there was a card game is a strong word. There wasn't really a game to it. Um, they eventually got to some customizable stuff, but for the most part, it was just like tops. It was buy it. I'm looking for this Han Solo card. It's got the, the picture of the stormtrooper hitting his head in the background. Shit like that. Oh, uh, there, I, we could Harry keep Potter going. There's been... so many, the Harry yeah. Potter one had a moment. Because Harry Potter had a moment. Yeah. And honestly, it was really fucking fun. I really liked the Harry Potter one, but it was expensive. In December of 2001, I had some of the Harry Potter cards. In December of 2001, the game was the second best-selling game in the country. Yes. And, you know, part of the reason why it stopped eventually, it was the movies. 
because um, the card game was based on the books and it was all drawn art. I honestly think if you had a picture of fucking Daniel Radcliffe on those cards, we'd still be playing it. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer had a collectible card game. It was not good, but man, do I still cherish those. I still have them. <laughs> funny uh that was also the first uh the first edition of netrunner uh netrunner if you know now fantasy flight got the yeah. license made a new game it was really cool it's asymmetrical attackers versus corporations um mm-hmm. the original card game had some really fun gameplay and people really dug it but nobody played it <laughs> and i would just like to end with neopets had a hard had a card game i don't know if anyone remembers neopets neopets had a card game that crossed over with the neopets website yeah. You'd I buy the card it. and you type it in. You could get that card or you'd get an item. It was like one of the first Toys to Life things that I remember seeing. And while I didn't play Neo to Bats because I didn't have a computer, uh, a couple of the girls uh, that I dated in high school, like, all kept doing Neopets, and it was the weirdest thing. These are people that really weren't that nerdy. Like, I'd say I was going to go play Magic. They'd be like, oh, cool, have fun, but they didn't really give a shit. But they're still checking on their Neopets every day. <laughs> I just I don't know if it's if Neopets is nerdy or if it's horse girl energy. It's or... both. It's both. It, it's a little bit of both because you got that Pokemon mentality, but they're cuter. Um, and there was the taking care of it was the raising aspect, and then it definitely had that horse girl energy there. But the reason that I think that it's not maybe nerdy is because so many people did it. I think it's nerdy maybe yet to continue to having done it after like the wave had passed. Right. Well, I mean, but you can be nerdy about anything, right? Like people who know stats on, on football, they're still nerdy, even though it was generally what you would call anti-nerd stuff or masculine, even though you can be extremely masculine and play Magic the Gathering. Just ask all of our friends that can lift 300 pounds and play Magic every day. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I, I love those Blurring guys. Of the lines. Blurring Definitely. of the lines only happens in an area where there are no people. And so everyone has to be good at everything. And so I think you're getting the gist of it. You know, you have Aliens, Predators, yeah. Babylon 5, Dune. If you liked something semi-nerdy, there was going to be a card game for it in the 90s. And that led to the end of a lot of, not just those card games, but card games in general, because they they split all their audiences. People who wanted to play a card game or were generally nerdy would jump into Magic the Gathering because they didn't have their own. And when you had that, everybody, everybody prospers for a moment until they come out and, oh, so I can either keep committing to Dune, the card game, or I can play one that's actually good and people are playing. And then yeah. everything fails. And you can find it. I mean, because a lot of times, too, like it was before the big Amazon boom. So you had to go to a store and they had to sell it. Exactly. And they didn't. You could get online <laughs> and order it on like, eBay or something. But like it wasn't like two-day shipping. You could get it, you know, like tomorrow. Exactly. And so that led to the consolidation in like the 2000s where the few, the few that survived started to reach new heights while it took out all the other competitors. And right around there is when Dragon Ball Z came into play and Bandai really took off with their card games. So mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z was like their second chance because uh, they failed so hard with Digimon when they did, I, I think it was Bandai. It might not have been that, but just the Japanese card games in general, when Dragon Ball Z took off here in the States that had the same momentum for a moment that Pokemon did because DBZ was so popular with basically anybody between the ages of 10 and 20. If you even remotely liked anime, you were going to be into Dragon Ball Z and the card game was good available 
and uh, had an IP that you cared about. So while magic was cool, if you didn't like goblins and that D&D aesthetic, you didn't give a shit. But DBZ was badass at the time if you were 13. Uh, so I remembered uh, seeing a lot of people leave Magic the Gathering and jump to DBZ at the time. And they still do. Like, it's had, like, three different um, iterations, but people still really like that general mechanic. Hi, I'm Charday, And I'm Lissa. And together we're... The, the Slovenly Trolls. We're not your average D&D podcast. We do monthly deep dives on topics like D&D art, the early years of TSR hobbies, and rhetoric. All with cited sources. Think of it like a feminist critique of D&D. Or don't. We're not your moms. Or are we? Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at Slovenly Trolls. Tune in on the first of every month for new episodes. See you there. And don't forget the number one rule of D&D. Don't, don't be a dick. Hi, my name is Terry Smith. You might know me as one of the hosts of Right in the Fields, or perhaps if you've heard some of the crossover content with the Slovenly Trolls. But I also write comic books for Can'tBeKilledCreations.com, and we have our first full-size comic book coming out called Growing Up. Getting older is exciting, moving on to bigger and better things, but what happens to the childish things left behind? Moving on is hard, but that's growing up. From neon-colored folders to action figures to trading cards, Growing Up shows the final moments of the doomed worlds our toys and childhood machinations inhabit before they are thrown away as we grow up. Available on Amazon and Comixology. But yeah, people really liked that one, and still too to this day, DBZ still holds a special place in people's heart. And right around there, you had some of the bigger competitors. I mentioned the WWE game um, that people, and it had a moment in the sun, just like Harry Potter. Um, and it went for a lot longer than people remember. I think it was around seven or eight years. Uh, but again, 2000, when everything else failed, um, you saw some of these bigger companies like, well, we can do it right for a little bit. Um, yeah. That, that's also right around when Harry Potter jumped in. and But then after that, um, you had all of the the clones. Like I mentioned, Duel Masters had a moment in the sun. Yu-Gi-Oh! came out again. And uh, firing on all blast. And then it became like the the big ones, as they call it. Uh, you had the big three, just like in, like, you know, in video games. You know, Sony, uh, Microsoft, and Nintendo. You had the big three card games, which were Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, and Pokemon. And so right. if you played trading card games, you played one of those three. And there were still some that could cannibalize for a little while there. Like, like, uh, like, like I mentioned, the DBZ game still existed in the background. The WWE game was doing okay. And then the other little clones, every once in a while, something would come out. Yeah, but for the most part, for most of the 2000s, up until, honestly, like the 10s, it was those three. And if you didn't yeah. play one of those three, you probably weren't playing trading card games. And the whole thing is, like, I mean, even though now we're getting some more diversity and more people in, like, online, you know, whatever. Like, those are still, I would say, the big three. Honestly, like you can yeah. Still go in anywhere and buy those three cards. Can you find other stuff? You have to go to a shop normally. But they sell that shit at Walmart. Like, <laughs> they sell that shit at Walmart. They do. You can go in and you can buy magic cards there. Can we know, make so that we our can... catchphrase when we talk about something that's popular with general audiences? Yeah. They sell that shit at Walmart. I mean... 
You can, yeah. <laughs> that also, like, that reminds me of, like, Shark Tank. Like, that's always their big thing. They're like, Target's interested. Uh, but if we get Walmart, that's the big one. <laughs> right. It's the whale. It's the whale of all whales. Um, uh, so that's that's kind of, like, the history up into the 2000s of all these random fucking games. But after after the 10s became, uh, came two really cool waves that I want to talk about. Um, and okay. that was living card games as they call them, and the digital ones. Uh, we'll get into the digital ones as its own section because we want to talk about like the games and adaptations. But uh, that started to see the rise of things like Hearthstone and, you know, obviously Magic the Gathering Arena. Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. Online was always happening, which was just a one-to-one digital version. Um, but it was really obtuse and hard to get into and almost like unheard of. Like people who played Magic mm-hmm. either played online or they played it in the store there wasn't a lot of both um but other than hearthstone not a lot of those online competitors did very well um there was a lot of weird like off-market uh i I would say like pirated versions of these games where they would scan every card and you could play with your friends on a server um but they were really weird and obviously anything on the internet at that time was like well like four people are doing it (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. Is like you had to have someone else who also wanted to do this and had access to it. Exactly, you had to have a friend of a friend who would show you how to set it up. Basically, right. um, there weren't you couldn't watch so all the tutorials. Long. Exactly, the investment of scanning and putting them on, and you know, like then you have to find them, and it was not friendly. <laughs> um, but around the same time, you get living card games popping up, which were the second generation of the licensed games, where. Okay, so maybe not everybody will buy Lord of the Rings. So we can't afford to put out the packs because we're not going to get that return on investment. People aren't going to gamble the same way with it. People aren't going to go, well, I got my candy bar. I'm also going to grab a pack of Lord of the Rings cards while I'm at the checkout. You're not going to hit that level. So what they did instead was sell full sets of these card games. So um, I'm trying to think of a, a good example. Netrunner was like that, as well as Game of Thrones or um versus when they remade versus with the marvel licenses instead of selling packs they sold sets full sets so you would buy it and it would come with two or three decks worth of cards but they came with all of them you didn't have to gamble and go am i going to get the one i want here are all the cards we have out for this set right now and you can build decks with that and those helped because you could buy like the people who really like game of thrones could go buy the game of thrones living card game get everything they needed to play with their friends and they didn't have to hope that randos are going to get into the game and you it would definitely be in smaller quantity you didn't have as much support you weren't getting a set every month or anything like that with like pokemon but it kept those alive and those are still going today uh people are still playing the second iteration of versus which had now has more licenses but originally it was just marvel at the time so you'd buy the starter that came with like guardians of the galaxy and the avengers and then you'd start buying expansions kind of like how you would buy a board game so when the defenders deck came out you could get luke cage and daredevil and then eventually they got more licenses so you could go buy the alien deck or the predator deck and stuff like that. Um, those are okay. They're a little bit looked down upon in the trading card game. Um, like ethos, just because people are like, well, if they're not selling packs, they're not really supporting it. Also, a lot of those are made by tops, which tops has some of the worst card stock in the world because they just never upgraded after they were making baseball cards in the eighties. They're just like, ah, oh, people will still like it, and they'll tear if you like breathe on them heavily. 
they're just fragile babies. Exactly. Have you ever showed interest in any of those other card games? Or do you know um, anybody other than me, your obsessive friend? So I had other friends that were interested in, like a wide variety. How of dare you have other friends first? Let's start there. I Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do that to you. But yeah, so I did have other friends that were into them. Never as much as you, though. Like you were always the card, the card king. You know, <laughs> like what a way to what a way to be known, I guess. Oh man, that's I mean, if you, if you got to be king of something, uh, I feel like card games could be a worse thing to to be looked at for that. I mean, exactly, but um, yeah, I mean, like the DBZ especially, like I can remember people like being into that, uh, just because the show had such a grip on so much. Like the first time I can remember an anime except for Pokemon, which I mean. Pokemon was more like a kids thing, right? Dragon Ball Z was for kids, but there was like adult stuff going on. Yeah, DBZ is the quintessential thirteen to sixteen year old anime, I think. Yeah, and so it was, but it was everywhere, and so there were people that did not play, would not have played Magic or whatever, and now they might play Magic, but like at the time, it was like, oh no, I feel like everybody always eventually graduates to Magic if you like card games. Yeah, I mean, or like you just discover that you like nerd stuff. Um, I feel like World did World of Warcraft have like an online card thing at all or... so that would that's their hearthstone um okay, it's yeah, in the same world as, as world of warcraft yeah okay i just wanted to make sure that they were the same thing because yeah i knew people that played that also yeah um i just wanted to make sure that they were the same <laughs> <laughs> i did not play i did not play the card game i played a little bit of wow and then i didn't have any money or internet so like you know exactly and that's that where <laughs> um that's where i'll say kind of killed some of the living card game boom um, so if you like packs, you are still buying Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon, or Magic the Gathering. And some of the weird side ones died or came back. But if you wanted a niche one, you were buying those living card games. And then Hearthstone came out. And Hearthstone hit that trifecta that I mentioned before. Good gameplay, um, fun collection, and had the IP. Because um, it was in that World of Warcraft universe, or the Warcraft universe. And people went nuts. And then it hit a new... Um, new level, which was Ease, because it was a game. You could just download it. You could buy a pack from your iPad instead of having to go to a store or buy it online. And it just worked so well and had just as good, I would say, gameplay for most people. Like, it misses out some of the things that I like from something like Magic the Gathering. And it also had some fun aspects that you could only do in a video game. Cards that were animated, cards that had effects that you couldn't reasonably, um... Uh, copy and do yourself on a board like you know making a million copies of something you couldn't do that you'd have to have a dice set to 10 and then put several zeros after it or keep a piece of paper next to the the board game but it, this was a video game for all intents and purposes so it could do things that those other card games couldn't and for that it just blew up and was awesome you could play against your friends you could play against a computer you could always buy packs no matter what um they would do tournaments similar to what you would do in a card shop where you would earn credit and you could just buy that so you didn't even have to always put money into it you just got free shit which is hard to do if you played at home with your friends for a card game and it, it just took it by storm and it started to eat the lunch of not only the big competitors but the little ones too so if you like that niche of you're looking for that flavor of that ip that you really liked you could get it from hearthstone because everybody fucking played world of warcraft and also there just started to be less room for all the little ones when now there's four big pillars instead of three yeah, exactly. It just, I mean, the table legs then become 
a little wobbly. <laughs> right, right. Like, it's just, like, it kind of eclipsed everything, and it, it almost overthrew Magic at one point for, like, some of the biggest games. And I would still say that it, uh, maybe not now, but at its height, there was just so many people playing Hearthstone because it captured a whole different audience than Magic the Gathering. Um, then, you know, uh, as a lot of the living card games died because it couldn't replicate, couldn't get hit the online stuff as fast. Magic the Gathering put out their own in Arena a few years ago, and it took off massively to where they uh, they ate their own lunch because Magic the Gathering online was still happening and no one was playing it. And now people, if you can't go to a shop, people just play Magic the Gathering Arena, which copies Hearthstone and a lot of the gimmicks with animated cards and effects now. Specifically, they just introduced a new set that have stuff that you can't do in the you know the physical board game space um and doing cards just for the online arena rather than in it the was store. always interesting it was always interesting to me with magic because i never understood like i didn't get super into it like i watched you guys play a lot mm -hmm. and like some other friends of mine play a lot but i just never i never had the disposable income to buy them for, until, for sure like, now. i mean honestly neither but, did we <laughs> so, right and so I never understood, like, they would have tournaments and you'd be like, yeah, but I can't use any of these cards there. And, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you were like, yeah, I can't, you know, like, oh, it's, it's these rules, so I can't use any of these cards. And I was like, well, then why do they even make the card? Like, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just... So let me, let me do a quick, like, a quick uh, aside on that. Okay, so Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! These are games that have now spanned decades, right? right? Um, They're always coming out with new cards. New sets come out every few months. And different games come out of this core gameplay. So you can play different types of games with Magic the Gathering, with Yu-Gi-Oh cards, with Pokemon cards. On top of people wanting to hold on to one type of gameplay that they want to play with certain cards. So when you play Magic the Gathering, that means lots of different things to different people. You could play the normal game with just the normal rules, with whatever's newest cards out. That's called Type 2. So it's the normal gameplay of Magic the Gathering, but you're only playing with the newest legal sets. So there's a there's a board uh, of tournament advisors at Wizards that are like, okay, these are the sets that are legal for high-ranked gameplay. Okay, so they can control what's out, ban certain cards to keep it competitive and fair. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's that's like the most popular. That's what we call standard or type two. Then there's the other aspects of people who have um, want to play a little bit more of a cooperative or a more poker like gameplay. Maybe it lasts a little bit longer than like the hour that you would play for a normal match of Magic the Gathering. And they have different games for that with the same cards. Uh, one, for instance, is called EDH. Um, I can't remember what that stands for, but it's also called Commander. And instead of having a 60-card deck, you have a 100-card deck. And you can't repeat any of the cards, and you have a cool leader that you can summon whenever you want if you hit the criteria. So you kind of have a gimmick or a theme to your deck, too. Um, and that one's a little bit more casual. You can play in teams. We call that double-headed dragon. Um, so you, and you can also, it's kind of a battle royale. You can attack whoever you want at the table on your turn instead of just a one-on-one, -on -one very competitive gameplay feel. And so you have people and that, that kind of started that own thing with, with magic, um, for EDH and it eventually grew to now there's whole tournaments that just like that version of magic so when they put out new sets they'll put out some some cards that work really well for type two and some cards 
cards that are really just for EDH. Um, and they're legal in those two different tournament gameplays. And then you have the geezers like me and people even older than me that have been playing almost the entire time of Magic. I've been playing about uh, halfway through its lifespan, but I know people that have been playing it since the beginning. And they have cards that are way too powerful by comparison to when it started to get more competitive as it went. But they still want to be able to use those cards. And some people like the idea of being able to bring their $10,000 deck because they've been playing it since it first came out and try to fight other people. That's called Legacy. Um, okay. And all cards are legal in that. So... No. Or, just truly, if you've been doing it long enough and you have good enough cards, just whoever has exactly, and then you get to this real cool around. thing when like you can go to a legacy tournament and like maybe you're gonna see stuff from you know the 2000s and it's a really good deck, but maybe you're gonna see shit from 1994, and there's no way to beat it, but it's really cool that they're playing that card because that's worth six grand. Right, I got you. So that's why there's the well, I can't bring these cards to the tournament because it's not legal. This isn't the type of tournament it is. It's you know it's like we everyone uses 52 cards. For, for poker, but you're playing different ones. Sometimes you're playing Texas Hold'em, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's just so complicated. <laughs> it is. And even the card game that you're playing now, you're playing Digimon. It's a new card game, but it now has several sets out. And they've banned certain cards because they're not fun or competitive in tournaments. It's too powerful. If you put that in the deck, you just win. So then everyone puts that in their deck so they just win. And then everyone's playing the same deck. And that's not fun. So they ban certain cards. And there's certain levels of that, that if you're a competitive player, if you really like the competition of it all, um, that makes it really exciting for you. Which cards are banned? Which cards are coming out for the new set? How will that interact with the old ones? Um, but it also, to bring it all back around, makes people buy new fucking cards. So you're keeping the game fresh and people are excited and there's new cards, but it also keeps them on the train. So even if you're not excited about the new cards, you want to play with your friends who play Type 2 the newest cards, you gotta go buy more. You just have to if you want to play. That's fair. So it hits, it, it's multi-purpose, but that's why you see the people who are like, oh, I can't use that one. You're like, well, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for those people, I'd say go buy a living card game. Go get into the Game of Thrones card game. Go play Versus. Um, you know, go get out your fucking blocks, you baby. Um... <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> I, I of course I joke I, I play all of those fucking games including I play with blocks often so um <laughs> to each their own uh so we hit the living card games we hit the digital age um are do, are you ready to move on to the, the next section which is the resurgence of trading card games yeah I'm ready so we mentioned with Hearthstone kind of bringing it back hitting a whole new audience and then we also mentioned um, also, uh, uh, Charles, I, I, you have a hard out at 1130, right? Um, yeah. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll keep it brief for this section, but so with the digital like aspects of it, people are getting way into it. You have their niches with the living card games, more people than ever are playing. Um, so then you have these companies with these IPs that are getting popular again and they're like, well, Hey, we had an okay card game back in the day. What if we redid it? What if we brought this IP to a new group of people and tried harder? So you get uh, the DBZ or Dragon Ball Super crowd. When DBZ eventually graduated into Dragon Ball Super. And it's reached a whole new generation of people. They came out with a new card game. And it took off. People really, really dig it. And you have people who really like the IP who jump back then. Or people who just like the card game. They jump back then. So it 
there's no longer there's still the four pillars right uh, of, of the card games but people are now getting into these games and they're good and they're popular because people now are better at segmenting what they spend their money on and where those audiences are because of things like streaming platforms. Like people don't just watch streaming. They got all of those apps. People don't just watch one thing because they could go to Netflix and watch a little bit of everything. If you only like horror, you go to shutter card games are starting to be that way where they can find their niche audience because of digital marketing platforms and through, uh, you know, digital storefronts like Amazon, you can hit every single person who would be interested. You don't have to hope to find them in the store. So with uh, something like Digimon, for instance, we keep talking about Digimon. They, they started from scratch. They said, Hey, we're their popularity is coming back. People are liking the anime again. We can sell directly to the people that we know will buy it, hit some of the card game audience as well because we made a good game, and if we put a little bit more effort into it, as we've learned now over the years, if you try a little bit with your audience, they'll reward you. And this is the type of people. So you have this whole new boom of card games coming back and doing really well. Like I said, versus from tops, the card stock sucks. But I know people that never stop playing because they're like, well, I like superheroes. I like Marvel. This is where I can play Marvel. And it's a fun game. So I just, I play versus. And Digimon has reached a new height. It's starting to hit some Pokemon levels in different parts of the countries, um, as well as other countries, because the anime is coming out. It's getting popular again. And they made a really good game and committed to it i agree and i think i mean i know we've talked personally about the art style on it being so good um, they have bespoke art on every single card and a lot of people didn't try that hard and they they committed to the packs they committed to tournament gameplay they did all the things right and with the ip getting popular again just like with dragon ball super they're being rewarded for it. People are buying it. And so you're starting to see people leave games like Magic the Gathering for some of these niche games again because they're available. People are playing it. You can go do it. And that's such a big portion of of a trading card game. Can you go play it? And do you like the thing that's on the card? Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you don't have anyone to play it with, you still look at it. <laughs> and I know a lot of people that just buy cards just to do that. Um, and with something like Digimon where the crowd, like the people who like Digimon really like Digimon have been waiting for something like this to put their money into just like the resurgence of Digimon with, uh, video games in the last couple of years, the card game was just like, I can spend money on Digimon every day. I'm going to. Did you see as an aside, the Digimon con that they just had where they released some stuff about survive? Uh, Yeah. I I watched everything about it. I'm very excited for Digimon survive. Yeah, people are like, we've been waiting three years for this. But Bandai has like Bandai has been hit or miss when it comes to their fans. They either do exactly what we want, or they're like, fuck you, we're going to do the thing we want because we're Bandai. Um, you get that a lot in the Gundam <laughs> community. They're like, we know you want this, but you're going to take that. Suck it. Um, and they have did that for Digimon for a really long time. And they've really committed to bringing Digimon back as a brand. Uh, something like the card game. And... I really applaud what they did with Survive because they made Survive and it was really going to be a mediocre game that only people who like Digimon like. And they basically scrapped it and started from the fresh. They were like, let's make it better. Let's do something different with it. And I'm excited for it. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I have more hopes now than I ever did. 
Yeah, I am also excited for it. So, <laughs> anyway, that was just a small just nerd out moment. Oh, for yeah. sure. But I, no, I was hyped for it. Thank you for bringing it up. I also almost bought a Vita bracelet, which is like their newest version of the Digivice. Yeah. Um, you but you it, haven't watched Ghost Game yet, though, right? I haven't watched Ghost Game exactly, which is part of the reason why I haven't. They're also kind of expensive. So, uh, right, yeah, they also really haven't been localized much. There's some English that you can get, but not really. And I'm just not ready to jump through those hoops. Plus, I'm spending all my money on Digimon cards. That's fair. You know what? Like, you really <laughs> <buy> it. <laughs> so our final segment that I figured we'd jump into is uh, the media aspect of it. So the adaptations of these card games. We mentioned uh, them popping up in video games that aren't based on those things. Um, so you mentioned, Gwent. I'm going to give you a minute. I've talked for this entire podcast, and I apologize to the listeners who are like, just let the smart person talk. Um what what do you want to talk about with the video game aspect? You mentioned Gwent earlier, if you want to start there. So, um, I had never played The Witcher, and everyone was like, play The Witcher 3, obviously. I <laughs> have not played the first two. I don't need to at this point, I don't think, because I've played so much of Witcher 3. Um, and so Gwent, the card game in it, I was addicted. I was like, this is so good, and it's masterful because I am logging on or whatever starting the game up just to play Gwent and then come to find out you can play it fucking not even on the game you can play it with people online like and so I and so entered me into <laughs> sort of like what you were talking about like like the living style of the game like I I just I don't really know like I mean you've talked so much about like all the points that I really wanted to hit on it okay but sorry I just, it hasn't no, you're fine. That's fine. <laughs> you're, you're honestly the expert on this episode, and it's—I mean—it doesn't happen always. If that's what it is, but like, you, you almost <laughs> sold your car. For, for expert cars. is a really like obsessive is probably how most people would describe it. But I like expert. Let's go with that. I mean, I—I I just feel like I'm giving you your due because <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, anyway, and then, you know, like, there are, I mean, there are traditional card games, too, that you've always been able to play. Like, I think about the Red Dead games, where you can play, like, versions of poker, or blackjack, or whatever. The Fallout games all had some sort of card gimmick, even if it wasn't, like, not as defined as Gwent, but also not the same rules, necessarily, as poker or blackjack. Final Fantasy um, always also always oh yeah, had yep, one, um, one, to yeah. varying degrees of success. Uh, they really started in Final Fantasy VIII with triple triad which is actually a good game and really cool because you can play it you can play the card game instead of playing the main game like you can defeat almost every enemy if not every enemy by playing the card game rather than going into the fights and leveling up your your people which is really neat and not many games do that um and then final fantasy 9 had a bad card game uh, Final Fantasy X just had you collecting shit, but different different fantasy games before Witcher have attempted to also like, hey, let's slip in a card game here. Right. It's like yeah. It's like and like I said, sometimes like before Witcher or you know, I mean maybe there's more before, but before I had played Witcher, it was never like good. It was like I didn't do it because I wanted to. I did it because like I needed to do it to beat the quest or get the thing right or it was like a quick aside like fable just like red dead it's like you can go oh, to yeah, a pub and play something there right exactly like fable is the good example because i mean one there, i love the fable games but <laughs> two like it didn't really do much for me but it was just like i just really enjoy the game so let me do this thing yeah i'm gonna do that thing i'm gonna try it out or whatever it's honestly it's the same reason why i play poker in red dead i don't love poker but no. 
when I, I play Red Dead 2 to just immerse myself as being a cowboy, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I've been drinking. Let's play around. <laughs> next round on next round's on me, boy. <laughs> next next round's on Arthur Morgan, okay? Um <laughs> It's so good. Kyle for, so when it came out, he played he did that for like hours, just played poker. Because he really enjoys playing poker though. Right. Like, with his friends and also like at the casino and whatever. And uh more so when, when he was younger, but like even still, you know, like if his buddies come up or whatever, they might go and play a couple cans. But he was like, This is so good. <laughs> sitting like it was like okay but are you gonna do something else like i am not very good at red dead 2 like i the shooting mechanic is not something that i can figure out very well um and so i just watched him play it because it was just as fun for me to just watch him it it's it really is just a 400 hour cowboy movie right and he loves cowboys is like the other thing so he was like i get to be a cowboy and i get to play poker it was like his mind exploded And he just played it for, I was like, can we just maybe go do something else and then come back? And he was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I gotta go fishing. Well, no, he just made so much money. (laughs) 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 Like, the poker game? I was like, okay, very good. And that's Uh, that's why I love card games so much. um, Because it's an aspect, uh, poker isn't as interesting to me. I need that extra level of nerdism, whether it's an IP on the card or extra mechanics. It's the same reason, like, I really like chess, but I need something more. So I'd rather play a strategy game. Just because, not necessarily that those games are better or worse, you know, because the, you know, the classic playing cards, you know, that, that is a very versatile game and will stand the test of time. But I like a little bit more to it, whether it's better or not. So Magic the Gathering really hits on with, with me or other trading card games. And that versus aspect is my favorite thing. That one-on-one, I'm going to best you, which you get a lot out of poker. So I completely understand when people like that. It's not surprising to me. I'm like, oh, you like a card that doesn't have a dragon? on it to me i'm just like i would rather play the one with the dragon on it <laughs> oh i can do the same thing but also include dragons but also dragons like i'm gonna do that <laughs> listen i have been on amazon this entire time trying to find you a silk dragon shirt <laughs> <laughs> oh man if we do that i gotta frost the tips again <laughs> i hope so every day I, not, I want your wife to be able to experience what everyone else had to <laughs> oh man i also i left out i also wore a dragon medallion same time uh so the really came with like the dragonology books oh it didn't have the dragonology books just the aesthetic <laughs> okay, very good oh man so yeah so video games definitely definitely carried the torch for a little while there and and i've started to do some really cool aspects of being able to sim playing those games but uh before we go i want to talk about two more things and i'll let you free one is the really really interesting games where they were just the card game so you had some that were extremely successful at it so pokemon the card game played exactly the same as the Pokemon games where, you know, you're a trainer, you go to different gyms, but when you get into the battle, instead of, you know, fighting with your Pikachu you've been leveling up, you play a game of the Pokemon card game, one-to-one, and it did really well. People fucking loved it because they loved the card game. And can I just say that while I didn't like it, even as a kid, it was like the first time I was like a critic, I'd be like, I don't like this, but I can tell this is great. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not for me, but I'm happy that other people. But have I'm, I'm happy other people have a version of it. Um, the Yu Gi Oh card games were for me. Um, the Yu Gi Oh games were awesome. Again, one to one, you could play the full card game. You could open up packs. You could fight your favorite people from the the duel. I'm sorry, you could duel the people from the show with their spiky ass <laughs> hair and their gimmicky <laughs> decks. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I gotta get it right. Right terminology. Um. Can I just say, can you just say play the game? Because every single fucking card game has a term for what their game is. And sometimes that's cool. Sometimes it's outright silly. So just accept it. Yu-Gi-Oh! did it best. You duel the other person. That's just what is what it is. Duel. Anyways, those were really good. Ones that did it extremely poorly. Digimon, the card game originally. While I love it, it has a special place in my heart. I've beat it a million times. Bad game. Uh, uh, a bad game, bad version of the card game. Uh, but I love it to death, and I highly recommend it if you like Digimon. <laughs> Just know what you're getting into. Um, so yeah, so there were some really cool adaptations back then. Yu-Gi-Oh has done a few since then that are really good. But now that you can play the real game online in a free-to-play aspect, and they can charge you for it, uh, you're gonna see a lot more of those rather than a complete game where you play your favorite card game in digital form. Uh, I see I have a link here. Hyper favor, button down dragon shirts for men and women. Fire dragon shirt. Oh, now I just need a silk undershirt. I just wanted to send you the one. Well, so I looked at just the silk ones. They were much more expensive. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> so naturally. So naturally. This might be something that you are receiving soon. Who could say? <laughs> you got a birthday coming up. I might be already planning. Oh, my God. Just give me $40. <laughs> Do no. not send me this shirt. I, I want can, you to wear I can it. buy so many Digimon cards. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, finally, I have a challenge for you, Chelsea. I will read off a name of a card game, and you just tell me real or bullshit, okay? okay. Is this yep. some bullshit that I made up, or is this a real game? Okay. Dark Force. Real game. Beyblade, the collectible card game. Yes, also real game. Galactic Empires. Yes, also real game. Illuminati, New World Order. That feels fake, so it must be real. Real game. Jihad. No way that's fucking real. No, it's not. On the Edge. Mm, yes, real game. Super Deck. Exclamation point. Yes, real game. Battle Lords. No, mm -mm, not a real game. The Crow. What? Edgar Allan Poe shit. Uh, no, not a real game. Echelons of Fire. Yeah, echelons is a, is a unique word, yes. Echelons of Fury. Yeah, obviously, if fire, I'm doubling down. <laughs> <laughs> Doom Trooper. Yeah. Doom was huge. Guardians. Just Guardians? Nothing else? Just Guardians. No. Highlander, the card game. Mm, probably, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> and finally, Cult with a K. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a few wrong in there because, Chelsea, those were all real games. No. across the board all real 
Uh, the crow, I want to say, I love... You can tell that you fucking read because you went to Edgar Allan Poe. It was based off of The Crow, the movie and comic book. Um, the Crow. Okay, well, my bad. But yes, all of those are real. I have a, I have 10,000 more of these fucking things. My favorite, because I was obsessed with Beyblades in fourth grade. That was like my non diplom. Uh, like people like associated me with Beyblades, which was very strange. Um, in case you didn't know what non diplom meant. I was gonna say, did you think that they didn't know what that meant? Like, sometimes, sometimes I say shit and I'm like, people don't know what that means. And it's not because I'm smart, it's because no one fucking says it. Um, but there was a Beyblade, the collectible card weird. game. Like, how did I miss that? And also, why? It was a fucking anime about tops. So they sold tops. And, that made sense. And they sold tops. That makes sense. Why do you need cards involved too? Let the tops battle it out. Let the tops battle it out. But can I tell you, am I going to buy this on eBay right now so we can play it? Yes, I am. Yes. 100%. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, that is all, folks. Uh, that's what we have you. Thank you for being patient while we return. Why you still listen, I don't know, but I appreciate every single one of you. But we are wait, back. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. What? Wait. wait. We haven't checked in with Frankie Muniz. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. We have 10 minutes left. Frankie Muniz. Yes. First, I want everyone to know that Frankie Muniz has taken a sabbatical from acting, obviously, and he instead owns a business with his wife. And you know what the business is? What? Outrageous olive oils and vinegars in Scottsdale, Arizona. And you can go. They have a website. And am I about to order olive oil from Frankie Muniz? Probably. Are they Probably. Are they secretly right wing? I don't think so. No. I always get worried when there's like a like a celebrity that I like, but they also sell something weird. I'm like, oh, because like if they sell something that makes sense, they're usually not. You know, like, oh, we have a vodka or whatever. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, George Clooney over there selling coffee and shit. Um, but, or tequila. Um, but like, like, we sell olive oil and candles. I'm like, uh, you weird. I just, yeah, I don't get that vibe from anything. I haven't seen anything. But what brings him up back into the stratosphere, except for us talking about him just like a few episodes ago, um, <laughs> is that... He recently tweeted about Agent Cody Banks. Oh, shit. Okay, so he brought that up on the same podcast where he set the record straight about his memory loss, or lack thereof. Yeah. Um, yeah. He mentioned that there have been talks about him being the agent and, like, bringing in a whole new, you know, the whole reboot type, you know, thing. And I'm like, who needs that? Who's nostalgic for Agent Cody Banks? Or Agent Cody Banks 2, Code London, or whatever the fuck it was called. So what I have to say is, let me read you the tweet, because there's more. Oh, God. No. Dot, dot, dot. Agent Cody Banks was a badass, and I was Cody Banks. That's badass. I wonder if 36-year-old <laughs> Cody Banks is sitting in bed eating Fritos while shaking his gut, thinking, I really let myself go, like I'm doing right now. <laughs> what do you do after you save the world twice at 16? Imagine you're in trouble and hoping someone will save you. Will it be Batman, James Bond, Captain America? No, it's dad bod, Agent Cody Banks, and that that pulled a muscle getting putting on his shoes. And then he cracked a joke and said... That he would star in aging Cody Banks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the pun but is on then, point. But then, even further, is I was on Twitter and I was scrolling through and I follow Frankie Muniz, obviously, and he tweeted, or no, Harley a Harley Quinn account for like her show. Okay. Tweeted, tweeted, like quote tweeted his thing and said, "I had a crush on Frankie Muniz and has a po picture of her with a poster for Agent Cody Banks." <laughs> <laughs> And then it's just like, don't tell Ivy or whatever. And then Frankie Muniz <laughs> responded to it and said, what do you mean you used to have a crush? 
I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, that Chelsea from the field on Frankie Muniz. Um, <laughs> I needed that in my life. I really appreciate that. Um, I have a new segment. It's checking in with Weird Al, and it crosses over with checking in with Daniel Radcliffe because Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> is playing Weird Al Yankovic in the Weird Al Yankovic biopic. And they have Wait. put a picture up uh, of him. Uh, and does he look like Weird Al? No. Does he have a mustache and an afro? Yes. And that's all you need. Send me the picture. Oh, also, God. It, it's so good. Who's doing the biopic? That I, I don't know. I don't. I was like, I don't know. Is this going to be quality? I don't know. I haven't heard Weird Al say anything about it yet. So it could be 50-50. But I like Daniel Radcliffe. And uh, he's got enough money to do whatever the fuck he wants. So maybe this will be good. Literally forever. Daniel Radcliffe, Weird Al. If this comes up with not that picture, I feel like it would be strange. Yeah, there we go. Got it. Did you find it? No. Okay. Um, here you go. Getting back. Oh. If, if the listeners at home can Google Daniel Radcliffe, Weird Al, it's the first image on Google search. He's holding uh, coffee, maybe a boba. Weird is horrendous oh that but that's weird al that's his aesthetic right there oh, is a short sleeve button up he was also rocking that however does it have a dragon on it no is it made out of silk probably not i want you to know that while i was searching for a shirt for you i found one and on one side it had a red dragon and on the other side it had a blue wolf you know lit up like a <laughs> name behind it and i sent it to kyle and i said do you need this if it had a flame on it i would have owned it already Oh, no, it does. The dragon has flames. Oh, okay, perfect. I was like, it's got to have the trifecta. You got to have flames. You got to have dragons. You got to have wolves. Those are the three. It's all. It's all, folks. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's period. Like, so, all right. So, since we're working on our mental health and we have <laughs> we have sessions to get to, let's uh, let's jump to the, the closing out of the show, okay? Are you fine with it now, Chelsea? Listen, I wasn't going to let my good Frankie Muniz news go to waste. I, <laughs> I love it so much. Outrageous uh, olive oils and vinegars, everyone. Yeah, what was it called? Outrageous olive oils and Outrageous. Vinegars. I always think it's a missed opportunity. They got, they get, it's called Frankie Muniz's olive oil. I'd buy that shit just to have it on my counter. Well, maybe he doesn't want to flex. <laughs> you got to flex if you're Frankie you Muniz. He doesn't need to. He Aging was fucking Cody Malcolm. <laughs> Aging Cody Banks? <laughs> all right anyways thank you so much for listening sorry that we took a hiatus but we are back in full effect as you can hear uh you know it's almost like we never left you um if you like this content head on over to patreon.com slash can't be kill creations check out all of our other stuff our sister podcast slovenly trolls uh we have a live stream coming up we're gonna put that up on our social medias you can follow us at can't be kill creations on everything you can email us at can't be kill creations uh no google doc no can't be kill creations at gmail.com jesus i know our stuff damn it you can head over to can't be kill creations.com and you can check out all of our comic books over there that's right we make comic books and all of our other podcasts as well as well as our back content um thank you so much for listening chelsea do you have anything to plug even though you're a lawyer and you don't create content other than this uh i do not have anything to plug Really? No law papers coming up? Nothing to hire you? Hire Chelsea, people. She's taking the bar. She's going to pass it because she's wonderful. That's true. I'm the best that there ever was. Don't forget it. (laughs) You want to be the very best like no one ever was. No. You heard what I said. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, this has been right in the feels and we're out. <laughs>